Hi, this is Jessica Morris, and you are watching Don't Go Out There podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast, powered by the Roll-Up Network. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners uh, for all your support. We really appreciate it. Super excited for this interview tonight. Uh, we are joined today by another legend of the business, with over 100 titles to her name, known for her role on One Life to Live, as well as horror roles in Puppet Master, The Wrong Franchise, Pool Boy Nightmare, Sorority Slaughterhouse, and many, many more titles. Actress, writer, Jessica Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Doing great. Uh, we just like to start all of our interviews just by asking, what is it that got you into acting, Ms. Morris? You know, it was just like the only thing that I was interested in and the only thing that I found that I was kind of good at. So I was like, that's a good idea for me to do that. So I just kind of drove from Florida to California and, and jumped into it. Awesome. So uh, you got into the horror genre pretty early on with Bloody Murder. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was my very first role that I booked. And I think I was like 19 years old, pretty young, had not no experience really at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so much fun because, I mean, the movie is not great. But, and, you know, a lot of us on that movie, a lot, most of the cast, um, it was like our, we were very inexperienced, all of us. So it wasn't like we were making this incredible film, but because it was such a new experience for all of us, we were around the same age. We all became really good friends from it. I became roommates with the girl, the other girl, Tracy, for a couple of years. The two guy, main guys became roommates for a long time, and we all just really clicked and had a great time. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I have to ask you about Sorority Slaughterhouse and your puppet master role. Uh, especially the Puppet Master franchise is definitely a loved one by fans. Um, I know they weren't huge roles for you, but was there anything special about working on those movies so beloved by the fans? Yeah, you know, it's fun when like working with the, like little monsters and stuff when you have to kind of pretend like they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then they add that in, you know, in post. But it's kind of, it's just silly. Like, you know, it's it's not too serious on set. And, and you know, um, like Charlie Band and his, um, his girlfriend Robin Sydney are two of my very good friends. I love working with them. Yeah, that that probably would be a weird experience talking to yourself basically, and then them adding that in after the fact. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you got a pretty wide range of credits and genres on your resume, which definitely speaks to how adapt, uh, adaptable of an actress you are. Uh, do you prefer working in a specific genre, horror, comedy, something else? You know, I kind of prefer, I like the thrillers. Um, I like straight dramas as well, but the thrillers are kind of like that little bit of horror aspect, but it doesn't get too bloody, uh, even though that can be fun sometimes too, but then you're all sticky with the fake blood and, you know, you just want to take a shower. So the thrillers are nice because you can act, you're going to be scared and there's some, you know, suspense, but it, it stays dry. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the uh, it'd be pretty messy. Well, like I did mention, you have been in the comedy genre as well. So speaking of, I have to ask you, you're obviously very well known for your role in Role Models, which is one of my personal favorite movies. Uh, You appeared alongside Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. Can you talk a little bit about working with those guys? 
sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was such a blast. I mean, um, Paul's just really sweet and I, I didn't work directly with him, but you know, he was very cordial and um, Sean was just really funny and silly and goofy. And um, we got to improvise a lot on that set and ad libs and, you know, ridiculous lines. And um, it was a really wonderful experience. I loved working on it. Oh, I love that movie too. Uh, mm-hmm. can, can you just tell us a little bit about the, the art of the dead and working with Tara Reed and 21 jump street alum, Richard Grieco at that point, you had so many horror movies yeah. under your belt. Was there anything unique about working on that film? Yeah, I loved Richard Grieco. He's a sweetheart. I really would love to work with him again. Um, Tara's great as well. Um, but what was really interesting about that role was that I basically kind of played three different characters in one because I play the um, you know the nice, sweet um, housewife mom, you know, mom and everything. But then um, once I'm kind of taken over by the painting, the lust painting. I become this very kind of sex crazed, different version of the character. And then um, when I'm full on possessed by the painter of the paintings, I'm, I'm him who's just kind of a total psychopath. So um, yeah, it was, it was three roles in one. Why not? Right. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, that goes right back to what I said about your versatility and adaptability. Um, you also earned a nomination for best lead actress in a drama at the Indie Series Awards for your performance in Ladies of the Lake. Uh, you were one of the leads of that Amazon Prime series. Can you talk a little bit about that and your experience with the nomination? I love that series. I always wish we had just kept doing more and more seasons of it. My first season was actually my favorite of it, though. Even though the second one was, I mean, kind of, you know, shot a little more edgy and maybe people enjoyed that one a bit more. I really liked the first one because it was a little campier and just, just really, I don't know. It was, I, I just loved playing that character. I loved that they're all kind of like these nice, polished, rich little ladies, but then they just have all these crazy secrets and they, and they're like, kind of like, oops, I killed my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It was just in the costumes and the, and the hair and makeup were just gorgeous. And um, the nomination was, you know, that it's so, so nice when anyone notices your work at all, you know, so I don't put a lot of stock in awards or anything. I mean, um, yeah, it was just, it was just nice to be recognized at all. You know, if anything, when you're nominated for something, it kind of is more stressful because then you're, because then you have to show up to the event and like, and then you, you know, you either win and you have to like go up there and say something, which I hate public speaking or you lose. And then you're just like, Oh, yay. I mean, even if you are happy for the other person, it's like everyone's looking at you for your reaction of not being happy. So it's just kind of an awkward <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The whole award thing is just, it's a little out of my comfort zone, but I do appreciate being recognized at all. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so you'll be seen as one of the leads in acclaimed horror director, Tom Six's upcoming horror thriller. And I hope I pronounced this right. The Onanya Club. That's uh, it. Obviously, yeah. obviously, he's known for the Human Centipede franchise. Uh, what can you tell us about the role you have in just working with Tom Six? Oh, he's such a character. You know, he shows up to set in like <laughs> a fancy suit every day, and um, and you would think he'd be this twisted, weird person, but he's such a delight. You know, he's such a nice person and good to work with. Um, but very passionate, and I like the fact that he, you know, makes his films all very original. I, this movie is, is, I really enjoyed it and thought it was so well done, and I love my character in it. I'm just hoping, you know, 
he's having trouble with the major distributors because they think it's too risque, a little, it's a little too dark. And um, there's a whole, you know, revolution happening with fans like saying, you know, show this movie, release this movie, um, which is so incredible. Um, so I'm hoping that it has the big um, release that, you know, Tom's hoping for because it deserves it. It really does. Um, my character, um, she is um, a really good like Catholic wife and mom who has this um, kind of strange fetish, though, um, where it's something that's similar to a schadenfreude, um, which is, you know, deriving pleasure from other people's misery. And um, so, you know, if you can imagine, she's just, you know, at home with her son, with her husband, and she's trying to act like she's not having these urges. But for instance, you know, she sees something horrific on the news and feels aroused by it. So she's like, what is wrong with me? Something's terribly wrong. I'm this horrible person. So she looks online and tries to find other women who can relate to her and um, actually finds a group of these Los Angeles um, women, upscale um, women who have the same, um, they don't really consider it an issue, but the same, um, you know, same desires as her and the same um, ideas. So they kind of take her under their wing and then, um, you know, they kind of try to go to different, you know, extreme lengths to find ways to now not only watch devastation of other people, but create it. And it just gets more and more out of hand. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, before I move on to the next question, I actually we actually had a, a previous interview with a YouTuber He's from the Netherlands as well, and he was telling us that Tom Six, because he, he's from the Netherlands as well, he said, mm-hmm. uh, they were have. Uh, he told us about uh, this film that was having trouble, you know, getting it out yeah. to the uh, to the studios. He said it's a great movie, but, you know, just that aura around him and the human centipede, they weren't wanting to bite yeah. on it. That was uh, so no, a... I know, and, it's, and, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, it's not just, you know, about these weird growth things. It's, I mean... It, he's trying to make a statement about society too. And, you know, so there's mm-hmm. a bigger purpose to it if people gave it a chance. So hopefully it'll be a happy ending to that story. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, you, you, I saw this on Instagram. You posted about it. Uh, you starred as Martha in Danger in the Spotlight, which was just released mm-hmm. on the Lifetime Movie Network on August 27th. Uh, your character works as a caretaker for a crash victim. Can you tell our audience about this? Yeah, it just, um, it just aired on Friday night. And um, I play uh, Martha, like you said, she's a caretaker. She's a recovering alcoholic and blacks out and basically wakes up at this crash scene um, and it, where it appears that she is at fault for the accident. The other woman is unconscious. And it also looks like there's been alcohol in the car that she's been drinking, but she doesn't remember drinking. And because she has a hearing the next morning to try to get custody, partial custody back of her daughter, she decides to make it a hit and run and, and take off and flee the scene of the crime because she doesn't want to, you know, jeopardize that. So um, then she kind of seeks the woman out who's a professional ballet dancer to try to get answers, pretends to be a fan and ends up being her at home caretaker. And then all the twists and turns happen from there. And I think a lot of people were very surprised. They weren't expecting the things that happened in the final like 20 minutes of the movie. That was that was cool to watch because I watched the Twitter feed and people were like, "Whoa, I did not expect that." So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so so you obviously just had that, um, and you got some other things going on. But I'm sure that the COVID pandemic slowed some things down for you. 
Can you talk to us a little bit about how that process was? Did it affect you at all or are you mostly untouched? How did that work? Yeah, it definitely did affect me. I mean, things um, slowed down and then basically died for a minute. Um, so I had to try to pick up some other work and get into my writing a little bit more and um, just take time kind of for myself. You know, it, was, it kind of forced everybody to slow down for a second and, you know, take walks around the block and, you know, think about what's really important in their lives. And um, so, yeah, it, was, it definitely changed me during that time. And you know, then things started picking up and I took a couple jobs like the like the web of, or not that one, the um, caretaker or danger in the spotlight is what it's called now. That one was shot um, when things kind of started opening up in Little Rock, Arkansas. So there were things outside of L.A. that kind of opened up first. Right. So I did that. And then, yeah. And finally, now things are just busier than ever. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like, can we have a happy medium somehow, like where it's busy, but but we could also still have time for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's one of those things that we talked to some people and they're like, it was nice to have this time for a little while, but then it got too boring. And so yeah, mm-hmm. a, a nice balance would be nice. Um, yeah. So I know that you also just recently wrapped production on web of deceit. Uh, you co-wrote and starred alongside your one life to live co-star, Melissa Archer. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was the very first script that me and Melissa wrote together years ago. We started it just for fun, you know, drinking margaritas by the by the pool and, you know, make, starting making up a story. And then went inside and we're like, okay, we should, we should write this down. Um, and it ended, you know, years later with us pitching it to a couple people. It fell through a couple times. And then finally, after many, many drafts later, um, it, we went into production. And we shot it in Chicago just recently. And um, so that will be airing on Lifetime, hopefully by at some point before the end of the year. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Miss Miss Morris, we're getting ready to wrap up, but you said you came from Florida. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what was your favorite college football team before, before you <laughs> left Florida? <laughs> I mean, I know you're probably wanting me to like be into football so I could relate with you about this, but I'm, I'm just like not really into it. I, I can't lie. I'm, I, I don't really have a team. That's fair. We'll just hey, say you're a Seminole yeah. fan. Yeah, I was going to say, that's better than saying sure, that you're I'll a Florida a Gators fan, fan or a Miami fan, so we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever you want me to root for, I will. Uh, Miss Morris, uh, what else is there coming up on the docket for uh, for you that you can talk about? And, and feel free to shout out your uh, social medias, uh, anything else you have coming up. Yeah, the only other thing I have is I have another Lifetime movie that should be airing probably before Web of Deceit called A Mother's Terror. So I'll know more about air dates on that soon. And um, you can find me on Instagram at JessicaMorris01 and um, Jessica A. Morris on Twitter and Jessica Morris on Facebook. Awesome. Uh, Ms. Morris, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Yes, ma'am. Me too. Good night. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. The hands of fate from the midnight hour behind this man.